This is Adventure Nannies On Air. I'm Shenandoah. And I'm Brandy. Our company is Adventure Nannies, and we talk about nannying, traveling, professional development, and also whatever we want. We'll try to keep our potty mouths to a minimum, but this podcast is not suitable for kids. You can find out more about us at adventurenannies.com. Welcome back to Adventure Nannies On Air. I'm Shenandoah here for episode 18 of Brandy. And Brandy. Uh-huh. Yeah, there you episode are. 18. Wow, we're legal. Woo! Barely legal. It's not, doesn't know. It's going to be the best episode yet. <laughs> Nothing legal about um, this. <laughs> Brandy, what are you up to right now? I'm in Asheville, North Carolina. We just started our 50-day... Um, bus trip we're not on the bus yet but just hanging out and uh yeah getting ready for this tour to kick off very excited what are you up to i'm getting ready to go to florida tomorrow for a an apna board meeting nice Mm -hmm. yeah i can't wait to hear how that goes i just realized yesterday that i'm not going to be at home for a full week until april Which I know is not as bad as what you are about to be doing, but I still was like, oh, I have That's a, a lot. lot of trips. Yeah, that is a lot. Yeah. Where else are you going to be? Well, I have a board meeting this week. Next week, I'm speaking at a retreat for agency owners, like a consulting retreat. And then I'm going just on a little birthday weekend trip because my birthday is on Valentine's Day. Heading out of town with the puppy, my sweetheart, and then I'm going to New York for a week, and then I'm going to Germany, Czech Republic, Belgium, Switzerland, and then like one other country for like some shows and music stuff in March. Oh, that sounds awesome. And then I'm going to the INA conference in Montreal. Wow, that is insane. Yeah. That's a lot of travel. I know. I went to zero countries last year, and now I'm going to like eight countries in one month. That's crazy. Yeah. We should talk about the Czech Republic before you go. I would love to. The only reason we're going there is because it's so cheap. Yeah, that's the reason I stayed there for nine days. <laughs> Perfect. Let's talk about it a lot. I fa- it's a great place to disappear. Yeah. Yeah. I had a show sort of... Most of the shows I'm playing are in Germany, but there's one that was right on the Czech Republic border. And we realized, like, oh, it's less than a two-hour drive to Prague, and we have Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday night off. And here's a like, two-bedroom penthouse Airbnb in the city center for $37 a night. Let's go there. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. You're going to have the greatest time. I can't wait. All this travel kind of leads in a little bit to today's episode. That's a funny coincidence, yes. isn't it? Yeah. How, how strange. <laughs> oh, it's so, <laughs> what kismet. How intuitive of us to magically have this organic conversation leading into our topic. Yeah. Today's topic is navigating new destinations with your nanny family. And Brandy, you picked the topic for this week. Do you want to tell us a little bit about why this came up? For sure. I was talking about it with our nanny and having experienced it as a travel nanny myself it's kind of tricky sometimes to figure out what to do when you're in a new destination and there's a lot of factors that go into it 
But yeah, especially with when you're traveling with a group, no matter the age, if there's even one small child that wakes up before 9 a.m., it is really hard sometimes if you're staying in hotels to figure out activities to do before anything's open. So that's that's what got me thinking on this. So we decided to discuss all things activity activity and travel related. Yeah. Well, and I think it's it's kind of interesting timing too because the huge, you know, the shocker of the nanny community this week was having that Silicon Valley mom's job description kind of go viral. Yeah. So quickly and that was one of the huge things that, you know, these bigger news outlets were kind of like how dare you ask a nanny to plan and research developmentally appropriate activities for the family while traveling? That, that you know, that was one of the things in the job description I read where I was like, "Oh, good for her. That's a really smart thing to ask a nanny to do." Yeah, I would say that's like standard thing to ask for an adventure nanny. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We've placed a lot of nannies who have traveled all over the world with families or are constantly bouncing back and forth between locations. And a lot of times they're going to a place that may be new to the nanny, but it's, you know, a vacation home or a family traveling to go visit their extended family. Or, you know, there are a lot of a lot of situations that a nanny may find themselves in where they're sort of on the hook for planning some activities to do. And it's their first time in the place or they're not even there yet, but the family has been traveling there together for years and years. And so the pressure is kind of on Mm-hmm. Especially in winter, because no one, you know, no one's sort of goal or dream nannying scenario is to be in a hotel room all day with small kids and nowhere to go. No. Um, so it's beneficial, sort of, to all parties on that side. Yeah, I would say first thing first, if you are a nanny, I would check in with your family that you're working mm-hmm. for to see what their expectations are. I know I had to kind of ask Megan to pump the brakes a little bit when we first started traveling because Lenny was so little. She'd be like, oh, I'm going to go to a book club and then uh, reading at a library, blah, 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 with other kids. And I was a little bit paranoid because he was a preemie. Mm -hmm. And I was like, ah, he's like a little young to get anything out of that right now. And I don't want him to be around all those germy kids and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) But I could totally relate to her enthusiasm because as a nanny, I would have wanted to do all those things. So, And then now he's at a great age to go and do those things. So I'm pushing the gas on her now. Like, all right, Megan. What are we going to do when we get to Columbus, Ohio? What are we going to do when we get to Detroit? We got to find some things. So Mm -hmm. it really depends on what the parents are comfortable with and what it like if they're comfortable with you going in public transit with their kids. If they like this time, Megan's old enough now, we put her as a driver on our car. So that's a brand new thing we can do. It's yeah, it's good to just keep checking in with people. Yeah. Because some parents just really don't want their kids exposed to a number of different factors. And even myself, I can I considered myself pretty laid back. But once I had that little preemie kid, I was like, all right, wrapping him in saran wrap. Some extra protection. <laughs> yeah. Where's the hyperbolic chamber I can put him in? <laughs> yeah, I think I think, too, it's important, you know, before you really start planning just to understand what the family's goals for the trip are. That's something that we ask in our family application for families who are traveling. Is like, what are your goals for your kids during the trip? Because it really just depends on the trip and the family. You know, a lot of families 
for a vacation, they're treating it more as their unwind and relaxed time. Mm-hmm. And they may be like going to a resort in the Bahamas so that they don't ever have to leave the resort property and, you know, they can hang out at the pool all day. And maybe their idea of the ideal vacation isn't accidentally hiring a nanny who then is like, look, there's a craft fair going on in this village that's 18 miles away. And there's a bus that there's a city bus that I can take with your two kids. <laughs> and then like from there, there's yeah. also like this Airbnb experience of like a child kayak instructor, you know, like they might just, <laughs> yeah. they might just kind of want to chill out. And so it's really important to understand what the parents' expectations are before you start researching things. Yes. To make sure that like, A, that's something they want you to do or it's something that they're comfortable with. And then going through some of the logistical pieces of like, if you are researching an activity that's going to, I don't know, costs more than like 20 bucks a kid. Or if you're taking them somewhere super far away, it can be hard to do the research from far away if it's a place you've never been to. Like, is this in a safe neighborhood? Like, is mm-hmm. it cool to take a subway or a bus the... yeah, and 15 minute yeah. walk there yep. with a stroller in the middle of the day? You never know. You never know. Mm hmm. Yep. And then just making sure you have the general plan lined out. Like, is the drinking water safe? Do you need to bring that? Do you need snacks? You always need snacks, by the way. Um, and water. But <laughs> yeah, where? <laughs> yeah. Do you know where the snacks and the water are coming from? Do you need to bring some from home? Mm-hmm. Are there going yeah. to be? I. <laughs> it is. I know. And maybe you have observed this um, a little bit more, Brandy, since you have a kid now. Um, But I've definitely noticed in Europe that restaurants in general seem to be a little bit less child-friendly than in the U.S. Yeah, I don't know. I've been having mixed experiences with that. I sometimes feel like, especially places like France, they're very child-friendly in a weird way. But, yeah, it it just totally depends. You got to look into it. But I think culturally, for whatever reason, I noticed French people were... Pretty fine with having a child in a fine dining environment. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And not super fine. But yeah, we stayed at some fine, pretty swanky places that sent us to some pretty swanky restaurants. And they were like totally <laughs> into it, which was very surprising. But yeah, it definitely depends. Did they have high chairs and everything? Were they like set up for it or were they just like, okay? I think, I don't remember if they had high chairs or not because I... Lenny usually does better if he's just sitting in his own chair, standing on a chair. But uh, yeah, they just seemed really accommodating. And I felt apologetic at first, but they were like, no, no, it's totally normal. It was very cool. That's very cool. Yeah. Awesome. But, you know, we all read bringing up baby. Maybe French kids are just behaved better. Who knows? Yeah, I think that's probably true. Lenny took him by surprise. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. But yeah, for... uh, Yeah, go ahead. Oh, so once you sort of get the, you know, get your T's crossed and your I's dotted, the family is gung-ho and they're excited that you're going to be sort of doing some research and trying to plan these activities. Um, Brandy, what are your go-tos for actually finding the stuff to do that's going to be cool and safe and like a little off the beaten path in a new spot? Ooh, well... My most commonly Googled search is like things to do in insert city before 9 a.m., <laughs> which is why I said that. Um, and there are a lot of blogs dedicated to it that are really great. And um, it took me by surprise. But 
that I think very specific Google searches is my first go-to for any city. And I wouldn't just be like, things to do in Asheville. Like, I'd say things to do with a toddler around 4 p.m. in Asheville indoors. <laughs> and things like that, because so many things pop up. Um, and one of my favorite things to do with kids, and it's always, uh, you know, at a regular business hour, is factory tours. I love finding any kind of factory, like a chalk factory or a teddy bear factory or a yogurt factory. Usually they don't advertise it, but they will do tours for kids, which is super fun. I also really like finding construction sites in cities, and that's very Googleable also, especially with a, a young kid. It's like the best free activity to just bring some snacks and go and watch cranes and diggers and people putting buildings together. Mm -hmm. I would say the one thing that's more exciting than that is demolition. I love trying to find some buildings that are being blown up or knocked down. Oh. It's exciting for kids of all ages. I think the go-to, another go-to that everyone should do before going to anywhere, no matter what, especially if you're traveling without kids, because you'll find even more fun recommendations. Mm -hmm. Is like ask everyone you know, just post something on social media if you have it. Hey, does anyone have any recommendations? And if somebody seems like they're giving you a crappy or they're not that enthusiastic about it, but you know them well, mm -hmm. you just ask that person to find someone who's enthusiastic about the place. And usually that's a great a great opportunity to to get an in somewhere. Mm. Um and then my secret for finding really kind of swanky but fun cool things my favorite blog please don't judge me for this is goop goop actually has oh i've really never heard of it what is um what yeah. is the scoop yeah. blog is that like some kind of I, indie diy like granola yeah parenting i would love to pretend like i'd never blog? heard of it too <laughs> yeah. what does it stand for i swear for? to god i don't have a jade yoni yoni egg okay um <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know what it stands for. It definitely has to do with Gwyneth Paltrow, though. But they have really <laughs> great recommendations, even with kids. I love it. Yeah? And then... Like um, what? I don't believe you. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not a gooper. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't lie. Everyone says that, and then I know secretly they are. I'm going to go through your medicine cabinet next time I see you. I'll find you out. <laughs> it's all acne medication from CVS. Not true. <laughs> the whole cabinet. <laughs> Yeah. No, the Goop has awesome things to do for kids. I'm sure. I found a bunch of stuff actually for things to do in Tokyo there. Let me see what else. Yeah, no, Goop is awesome. But that's if you're with kind of a swanky family that likes to do goopy things. Um, I guess I'm one of those families. If, if the family me. is in Japan, they're <laughs> like, please take my three year old to a Kinetsugi class and learn how to like put things back together with gold. It's Exactly. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Your three-year-old's going to love that. Yeah. It's great. The Guardian has a really cool list of uh, popular travel blogs for each place in the world. But, yeah, I think that's my general, my whole list. What's your opinion on, like, baby play centers or indoor kid play centers that have, like, they're not really daycare, but you know what I'm talking about, places like Kidville that are sort of, like, Drop in, hang out for a couple hours. There are I other kids and games and if stuff. You, yeah, I think it's kind of a fun. It's like Chuck E. Cheese. I probably went to Chuck E. Cheese like 
four times as a child and still remember it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you need a break and your nanny needs a break, it's probably a good idea to go to one of those. And if you're, or if your kid's not around other children, I, I'm not a huge fan, but it's really sweet, especially in other countries, to see them interacting with kids that speak a different language. But it's not something I would buy a pass to or anything. Yeah. What about, um, I know we've had... Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention, because I did say it earlier, is public libraries usually have great story times, too, Mm. that anyone can show up to. And Airbnb has an awesome experience list, too. That's true. I haven't done any yet. And Google Maps. You are full of ideas today. Google Maps is so amazing. (laughs) I had a lot of chai right before this. Wow. But, yeah, Google Maps has a feature now. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Tell me about the new Google Maps feature. (laughs) Oh, man, it's so cool. So you zoom into where you just put the location setting on uh, where you're at, and then it says find around here, or it'll say, like, explore Asheville. But you can just, it'll show you all the things to do with kids. I found a nature center that we took Lenny to this morning with Google Maps. It's one of the easiest tools that are right in your pocket for immediate answers of what should we do today. It's amazing. Um, And I know you've done quite a bit of traveling in the last almost two years now with a little baby. Um, And we have had quite a few travel nannies in the last year, particularly end up in Europe or Asia and other foreign destinations where they're providing soul care of a you know, a three-month-old to one-year-old who can't mm-hmm. walk yet. Do you have any recommendations for great ways for Nanny to sort of occupy their time with an infant or a toddler of that age who's not really, you know, like not going to be like super into a lot yes. of activities when their main interests are sort of eating and sleeping? Mm-hmm. Yeah, very selfishly, that's my favorite time to travel with kids because you can go to all the museums that you wouldn't allow a toddler in. You can do all the nice experiences like babies in fine dining establishments are usually totally fine because they just lay there or they're <laughs> sleeping while you're having a nice a nice meal. But yeah, that's that's like a golden era of time. You just put that baby in the in the little whatever carrier you're using and walk through the museum. It's incredible. They sleep so much. It's great. Yeah. So I would say my advice for nannies that are exploring an area that's with a kid that age is find all the things that you'd want to do. And just go do those. You can do it. Yeah. And be like, look, your baby's unless, unless what you want to do today. is like go rock climbing or something. Yeah. <laughs> this is the time to do all the cultural things that you couldn't do otherwise. Do you have any strong opinions for traveling with babies on like strollers to travel with versus carriers versus anything else? I baby babies are great in little carriers if you want to get a workout, especially. Um, they're also it's really nice if you have one of those strollers with a bassinet because they will sleep a lot, and then that's your opportunity to walk all around a city and take it all in while they're sleeping. But I just discovered this thing. I have one out on the road with us called a Veer stroller. It's so, or a Veer wagon. And it's basically a stroller wagon. I saw it at REI and then got it on Amazon. But it is amazing. Way to own it. (laughs) Good for you, Brandy. I mean. Good. No. Yeah. (laughs) REI is not a co-op anymore. It's just like a normal corporation. I don't feel bad about it. (laughs) You know I love using points. 
but yeah, it's so great because it folds down really small. I don't think I would, fl- if I was in a flight heavy trip, I might not take it. It does fly though. Mm-hmm. It does fold down so you can tr- like check it at the gate. But yeah, it's such a great invention because at Lenny's age for a two-year-old, he kind of feels like he has a little bit more control because he's not in a stroller, but it still does have the seatbelt and it has a little tray so he can do other things while he's in the stroller. It's actually a wagon, but oh. it's great. I'll send a photo of it. We can share it. Oh, but yeah, in terms of baby uh, carriers, it's really great to have a stroller if if you're up for it. I have the up a baby menu and I used to have the yo-yo. The yo-yo is a little like rickety. It doesn't feel very stable compared to the up a baby one. So that's my favorite. Cool. It even survived the cobblestone streets of Prague. I feel like. And now it's here in Asheville with us. I don't know why we don't just talk about this stuff every episode. I feel like you should be on like Good Morning America. (laughs) No. I get really excited about baby gear. Oh, can I actually share one more? Yeah. So (laughs) I had the Duna, which is the hands down greatest travel stroller of all times. But it doesn't work once your kid is a certain weight and height, which is a pretty sad moment because you can just jump in and out of Ubers with it or taxis and it doesn't require a base. It just is a it's a car seat that turns right into a stroller. It's amazing. So I was kind of super bummed when Lenny grew out of that. But I I got this uh, travel car seat called the way b and then there's this other attachment that you can get to go on any car seat that is called baby it's called like baby with the z at the end go go it's so great it may i know i know but no it's so it's a cool it's a cool combo because the wavy little car seat is by the this executive from patagonia that made it and it's super light it's like less than eight pounds so you can just have that in a backpack and put it in any uber or taxi that you're in also and then this little attachment makes it so that when your kid's sitting in it he's like a piece of drag behind luggage (laughs) (laughs) which is amazing for walking through airports cool so i have my actual suitcase and then my child as a suitcase oh i love that yeah i'm just gonna take this moment to remind our listeners that we are not um yet a popular enough podcast to have any sponsorships this is just (laughs) so all of that was just brandy's opinion about (laughs) if you're if your nanny family is searching for a new high-end travel stroller slash car seat slash rolling piece of baggage to stick a child into i mean (laughs) i kind of want to have a kid now just so i can buy some of these things you're going to love it. You make a compelling I will give you point. so much stuff. You're an Enneagram <laughs> 7. I want to buy all of them now. Ooh, perfect. It's working. <laughs> no, I get some intel too because uh, Byron, the Lumineers bass player, his wife is the entertainment editor for Parent Magazine and she gets to test all the gear. Oh, but I don't think like she knows about Wavy yet. I know. I'm sure she's heard of it, but I, have, I can't wait till she gets here so we can talk about it. Hmm. Something else that I know a lot of nannies run into, and we've talked about this a little bit with Megan on the podcast, is you know finding activities f- to go and do with the kids during the day is one thing, but it becomes a whole other thing when you know it's like six or seven o'clock at night, and the family comes home and your shift is over, where they're like, "Okay, you're done working now," where you want to go do something, but you don't really know what or how, and you're tired from working all day. Yeah, I know like some nannies have shared with me that they've like taken themselves out to dinner, like gone to, 
gone to have a drink at a bar, like just like left because they felt like they were worried about staying in and having the parents sort of judge them for not being like fun on the trip (laughs) during where they're like, oh, no, I should like go do something fun. You know, whereas other parents are like, the nanny was at the disco until midnight. Yeah. And it's like, well, as long as they showed up to work the next day and weren't like, I have a crushing headache. Like, someone bring me Advil. Like, it is their time off. They can go do whatever they want. All that you have, all that matters is that they show up for work the next day and can work. Yeah. I would say this is like a red zone or a very dangerous zone for a breakdown of communications between nanny and family. Where I wouldn't, yeah, this is a tough area where I've seen parents get really judgmental about what their nannies do when they're off. And I've also seen nannies overshare a little bit with the parents of what they did when they had off time. Mm -hmm. So just as a disclaimer before we start talking about finding things to do in your off time, I would say use discretion when discussing this with your families. Mm -hmm. Or posting it on social media if your nanny family has access to it. Especially if it has anything at all to do with having a drink, which I think is totally fine to do when you're off. But just don't don't be like, oh, yeah, I went out and had some wine. And then the mom's going to start mom or dad's going to start wondering if you have a problem, even if you've only got out for one drink or there's all kinds of situations we've seen people run into. Yeah. So. Well, I think you like yeah. even you shared on a past episode that there was a night that you sort of let Megan leave early and you were like, Megan, go see the city like. Go have mm-hmm. fun. And then you started like, like, staying out, staying up late, like waiting for her to come back to the hotel because you were like, I was so worried. <laughs> yeah, we were in Pensacola. Florida's weird. I thought no you were in Florida. like, I don't know, Croatia or something. You were in Pensacola. I remember. Yeah, but there was a murder there like the the night before. So I was just like, who is she talking to right now? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> but yeah, I turned into a worried mom. So I... And that was a situation where Megan and I were sharing an Airbnb, which I think is extra tricky because the family kind of sees you leave and come back, which is actually one of the reasons as a as a mom boss, I prefer staying in hotels with Megan because when she's off, I just figure in my brain that she's in her hotel room. I don't need to know what she's doing, even if she did go out. Um, it's easier for me if I don't know just because I worry about her. Yeah. And you're like, maybe for no reason. Know. I have it's no reason nice to worry, to and I shouldn't know. I told, yeah, exactly. Yep, it's tough, but yeah. Having said that, yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that you know, again, that's an important expectation to set with the family that you're working for, whether you're a travel nanny or you're a long-term nanny who's going on a trip, and all of a sudden you're staying at the same place as the family for the first time to try to get a sense of how private your private accommodations actually are. If it's a room in an Airbnb Mm -hmm. or if it's a room in a hotel suite or, you know, to like, I mean, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't be expected to be anywhere during the hours that you're not getting paid. If a family expects you to stay in a hotel room with their kids, then those are hours that you're working. Even if you're not Mm -hmm. really doing anything because you're not allowed to leave and you should be getting paid for that time because you're working, you're not allowed Mm -hmm. to go, you know, you're stuck there. Yeah. But it's important to set really clear expectations with the family around, like, you know, if you're sharing a room with them in their Airbnb and you get off at six and you know that everyone in the family goes to bed by 10, maybe don't make plans that involve you, like, rolling back into the Airbnb at 3 a.m. Yeah. And waking everybody up. 
Yeah, that's just rude. And remember what it looks like. You might just have to bite the bullet and be be in bed by eight or nine that day. It's not the end of the world. Yeah, it kind of it draws an interesting line between what's expected of someone who's a good nanny and what's expected of someone who's a good roommate. Mm-hmm. Because there, when you're living with the family, even temporarily, there are some expectations that kind of go outside of the realm of nanny of like, well, you're not working right now, but you did, you know, if you just made yourself a piece of toast, it would be cool if you like washed your dish and put it back afterwards. <laughs> right. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> to be a good roommate. Yeah, even if you're not getting paid to wash that dish, it's still, exp- <laughs> that's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> But provided that you have the opportunity and the time off and an environment where you can go enjoy the city a little bit, it can be hard to sort of decide what to do, especially since a lot of times you don't really know or realize that you will have that time to go explore until like right when Mm -hmm. it's happening. Yeah. I really, I did a big trip to Europe when I was in my early 20s, which now is so long ago that like it was before the iPhone existed. (laughs) But still, when I travel internationally, I like to go old school and have the address of the place that I'm staying written down and have like some public transit directions or some way of knowing how to get back and how to get in just because I'm bad at charging my cell phone and it dies all of the time. And, yes, you know, and when I'm traveling internationally, it can either... I feel like the battery can get drained really fast or I could, you know, can just have some sort of unexpected service issues. And so even though it's great that now we have this wonderful technology, I try to have something in my back pocket as a reliable way to just get back to where I'm going at all times. Smart. Thanks. Also, one quick hack, if you're ever very lost and you have that address, you can just get in a cab and ask them to take you there. I know that sounds very obvious, but sometimes I see people like, how are we going to get back? I have no idea where I'm in. And that's when it's like, okay, just hail a cab and they'll take you there. There used to not be Uber (laughs) in the olden time. (laughs) You stood in the street with your hands raised in the air, waiting for any car to stop driving. (laughs) And then you just get in the car with that stranger and maybe they take you where you ask them to. It costs an undefined amount of money. Maybe they'll yeah. take a credit card. You're gonna have maybe to not. pay for it. Yeah, they might not have any change. Weirdly, because it's their job. Yeah, all these weird things happen. But yeah, it's possible. Mm-hmm. It's better than walking for like eight miles in the middle of the night in a city you've never been in before. Yeah, disappointing your boss when you come rolling in late. What brandy? What resources have you used to sort of to find fun things for yourself to do while you're on these trips? Well, I would say friends are the best resource for me for finding things to do in cities. And then blogs, but different ones from the kid ones. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Still Goop. Google Maps, again, is amazing. I would say I am very judgmental towards, not judgmental, but it's tough when uh, people use Yelp or TripAdvisor to find things to do. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times those are either written by people who were disappointed for some reason, or by tourists and not locals. Yeah. Outside of the U.S., I feel like it's all just U.S. tourists who are writing reviews. Yeah, yeah. So I take all things Yelp with a huge grain of salt. And sometimes if a place has really bad Yelp reviews, it makes it more intriguing to me. (laughs) Um, But then, I yeah, for, for when you go to Prague, I found this blog called Honest Prague. 
and it was really great. They have a YouTube series, um, but it's a cool, like they're, they're two college aged people that are, they give you all the insider tips and there's a lot of scams in Prague that people do like ATMs. Anything that says ATM on it is not actually an ATM. It is, it'll get money out. You'll get money out, but it has only enormous quantities and so you'll be like oh i guess this is the exchange rate in prague so I'll, you'll hit like the forty thousand one, and you just took out like i don't know seven hundred dollars and you can't give it back and then it's also got like a 25 percent fee on it what so there's tons of quote-unquote atms all over prague but you, you should never use any of them you have to go to a bank atm for it and I learned that from wow. this weird YouTube series, which was great. So remember that, Shenandoah. Thank you, Brandy. <laughs> yeah, and then there's tons of people who will want to draw your picture or like hold your camera and take a ca- take a photo for you, and then take your camera, and that's everywhere. Um, but yeah, YouTube is great. Yeah, you probably have the same. You probably have better tips than I do. You're a traveling musician too. Yeah, I mean, my sort of. My go-to for like 10 years on how to find anything cool is just to ask a bartender. Yes, that's great. Because I don't know, maybe it's because I was a bartender for a couple of years in between musical tours and doing a bunch of other wacky stuff. But like people who are bartenders are either like fun people or they're like sad people who have drinking problems. But either way, like <laughs> they know where the fun stuff is and their whole job is just to talk to people and help people get drunk. And so... Yeah, they're generally like very friendly and will have better kind of locals only insider information. Yes. About where to go. That's actually cool. As long as you ask them in a way that's not like what's cool and local around here, because then, you know, in Seattle, we have the bar that was the last bar Kurt Cobain was ever seen alive at. And there were like pretty frequently like single middle-aged people getting dropped off at that bar because a Lyft driver or an Uber driver picked them up from the airport and they were like, take me to like somewhere sick where only the local people go. <laughs> and the and the <laughs> cab driver, cab drivers are not generally the best people to ask for recommendations, I've found. Yeah. Because they only know the basic stuff. They're like, here's where all the basic tourists from the U.S. go. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah, all these cab drivers kept dropping off these like 50-year-old ladies at the last bar where Kurt Cobain was seen alive, which is like just a regular kind of filthy, scroungy Seattle bar where there's yeah. like no plaque. It's not a hard rock cafe, but there's like once a week. I worked for the restaurant group that owned the bar. I wasn't in the bar all the time. But yeah, like once a week, these little ladies were getting dropped off of like, the cab driver said he was taking me to a local watering hole. And everyone was just like, no. <laughs> oh, Wrong. <man. laughs> you will not have fun here. Yeah. Well, they got to get dropped off at Mario's for some real, real action. <laughs> yeah. I also, I mean, from a restaurant perspective, I really like eater.com. Oh, yeah. And they have really good city specific reviews and heat maps and kind of a good pulse on like what's going on in any city's food scene which i really really like i also just think that wandering around is always the best if you have the luxury of like seven or eight hours Mm -hmm. yeah i was in i went to puerto rico with my sister like three years ago and we were staying almost five miles away from what at the time was old town Puerto Rico but we like walked there and we flew kites and we went to these museums and we went to some art galleries and we had lunch 
And then we walked back, and during the three-hour walk back, we just sort of we kept running into bands that were playing outside, and then going and hanging out in the bar where the band was playing, and seeing these like amazing twenty-person music groups with like a gajillion drums and people dancing, sort of in the middle of the afternoon. That's so cool. And there's and there's no way to sort of find something like that unless you're wandering past it. You know, there's no like online listing of like by the way this is something that's going to be cool yeah no that's great Mm -hmm. i definitely something that i always do too is on your drive-in don't look at your phone while you're driving in anywhere i drive i'm like scouting for places to go afterwards keep your eyes open it's a great easy way to find things but anyway you can get in a lot of trouble anywhere you want to go yeah well and i think just just be open (laughs) And, I, and I'm talking the good kind of trouble. <laughs> oh, the good kind of trouble. The good kind. The fun kind. Yeah. I mean, I think just in general, it is so much easier to, like, have a good night or find something fun to do if you if that's your whole goal for the night. If your goal is to find something that you already think is fun because you do it all the time in the States, then you might have a hard time. Like, if you, you know, if you are in... Germany and you're like hey I like really need to find a karaoke bar because that's what sounds really fun it might be really hard for you yeah but like one of my favorite nights I've ever had traveling was when I was in Berlin and I wandered into this bar with like a friend of mine from New York who's like a microtonal sine wave composer and we had just done a residency what is like super snob Italy castle where we were we just like had a week to like you know, do other things, but like think about our art process. Um, but he and I were wandering around Berlin and we ran and we wandered into this bar that was having a music trivia night. And we were both like, oh, we're musicians. We got our asses kicked. We totally got our asses kicked <laughs> at music trivia. A song would start and there would be like one hit of a drum beat and everyone would start yelling in German what the name of the song was. And they were all American songs. And <gasps> both of us were just like, what is happening? That is so awesome. Yeah, and everyone was like laughing at us and making fun of us because we sucked at the music trivia so much. And then music trivia ended and they brought out a ping pong table and everyone who had just killed it at music trivia also had like their own ping pong paddle that they traveled with and like a leather holster on their jeans. And so then after they like destroyed us at music trivia, they also destroyed us at ping pong, which I thought also that I was like okay at and I was, you know, I just got railed. And it was it was so fun. Wow. And it was That's and so it was awesome. so much better than being like I want to, f- you know, here's what I want to do tonight. I want to find like a nice cocktail bar. I want to find a place to do yeah. karaoke. Or I you know, I want to find a place that's like this place I really like back home. If you can just sort of yeah. like only care about experiencing the city and ask people like what do you like to do? Where do you go on the weekend? You know, where do you yeah, take friends when they visit from out of town? Yeah, there's just, if you try to plan something, you have such a short window of time, it will just go wrong. Yeah. No, that's beautiful. I love that. Aw. Thanks, Brandy. Oh, it's so fun traveling. I'm glad you think so, because it sounds like you're about to be doing it for like 10 years. I'm stuck doing it. Yep. No, it's the best. But I think that's the greatest advice. There's this book I read once called The Kindness of Strangers. And it's about how everything sort of unfolds while you're traveling, or it can. It can go either way. I've heard some horror stories, but 
I've been in a lot of really wild travel experiences and nothing bad, knock on all the wood, has ever happened to me. And I feel really lucky that that's the case. But yeah. What about when you're back hitchhiking with truck drivers? What about when all your stuff got stolen? It turned out fine. Once I was on the way to New Zealand and I had really packed super carefully for a trip, I was going to do all kinds of stuff. I first went to a pizza conference in Vegas and then I was headed to New Zealand to work. And I got my backpack, which had all my belongings stolen. And so I just went anyway to, I was like, that's not going to bring me down. And I had no money. So I went to New Zealand, showed up with just this black dress I was wearing. And I wore it the whole time I was there and ended up the job that I, the job that I went for didn't work out, but I had like the greatest, weirdest time. That was a very happenstance situation, but should I go into it? Yeah. The fastest version of the story is that. I was going to Coachella, this is like 2011, uh, with my girlfriend, Erin Murphy, who's an epidemiologist, so she was like afraid of all the horrible things that could happen to us, but we didn't have any money for a ride to Coachella from LA, so I posted an ad on Craigslist that just said, two ladies looking for a ride to Coachella. Oh, did you find one? Weird. I did. Surprising, right? (laughs) Isn't that weird? (laughs) But this guy was really cool and he makes uh he was like working on lord of the rings um in new zealand too but that had nothing to do with coachella he took us there and we had a great time he we were we remained sort of like in touch it was prior to facebook and instagram but then when i found myself in that situation i was like hey ray don't you like don't you live in new zealand and he's like yeah i actually i do i'm in auckland and so I was also near Auckland. I went there and he, they had a room, a free, like a spare room and ended up getting a job there and everything worked out better than it could have if I'd planned it. So I love throwing throwing yourself to the arms of fate. Usually works out just fine. Cool. Do you have any final thoughts for folks who are about to be jumping into the wild unknown in the line of duty with their nanny families? Yeah, I would say... Prepare for anything. Like, just be ready to roll with it. Be as flexible as possible. And find joy in all the little things. Mm. Enjoy every sandwich. Every bite. Every sandwich. <laughs> yeah. No, for real. Like, Put extra everything you're doing that. is, yeah, yeah. Every little simple thing. Just take note of it. Mm. I love that. Well, I'm excited for you guys, whoever's traveling. Send in your stories. Yes, please. We love stories. Send in your tips, too. If someone's writing a great destination blog series or something, let us know. Yeah, or if you're writing a great destination blog series that's not in violation yeah, come of be your a guest on our podcast with the current family you're working for, <laughs> please let us know. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right, well, see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening. For more, visit us at adventure90s.com or find us on Instagram and Facebook. To send us love letters, questions, or ideas for future episodes, email us at podcast at adventurenannies.com. Bye. Bye.